This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingleton. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is The Clay Young Show. What's going on? Welcome back. This is The Clay Young Show, episode 196, here at Podcast 225.com and on iTunes. Happy to have you back with us one more time. Getting closer to the sixth annual Smoke 'em If You Got 'em fundraiser. Details about that coming up at the end of this week's podcast. Our guest on the show this week is a returning guest, Baton Rouge Police Chief Murphy Paul. He was in studio with us last year in the midst of a shift as it relates to crime in Louisiana's capital city. He's back this year to give perspective on what went on last year. He's also going to talk with us about morale within his department, where it is right now, where it's headed, talk about some of the new technology that he and other law enforcement agencies in the parish are getting ready to debut. Some of it's pretty cool stuff and It does have a very good impact on the way law enforcement officers do their job, but also on how the citizens and law enforcement can interact. So I'm excited about getting him into the studio to talk about that, and we're going to do that in pretty short order. Really quickly, on social media, at ClayYoungBR on Twitter, on Facebook, ClayYoung. And on the Gram Instagram, Clay underscore Young BR, right there. And of course, you can just email me directly if you have a question, comment, or guest suggestion. That email address is Clay at Clay. No, I'm giving you my my company address. The podcast address is <laughs> Clay at Podcast two two five dot com. There you go, Clay at Podcast two two five dot com. So let's talk to the chief. We will do that next. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This, this is the Clay Young, the Clay Young Show. <laughs> I guess he likes the uh, bump music coming back here, man. You got a little rhythm. 
Baton Rouge Police Chief Murphy Paul back in studio. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Just, uh, you know, just working hard uh, out here. Well, you know, the you got to sign the door. We were talking about that a second yes, ago. Sir. When uh, when you signed the door at the other studio, you had to be behind LaDuff and Dab. <laughs> and this time you beat them to it. Now, I'm sure soon as Jeff hears that, he's going to beeline over here <laughs> to try to sign it. Yeah. Uh, man, so the first thing I want to ask you about is last year. We hadn't had yep. a chance to talk since last year wrapped up. The year ended with the city being on the positive side yep. of numbers of homicides for the year. So before we get into this year, let's kind of reflect back on 2018 and why that ended up happening. Yeah, well, you know, when we looked at uh, 2018, I, I, I tell you, uh, Clay, I was a little worried the first six months of the year because when we looked at yeah, it did kind of get off to a oh, crazy yeah. pace. So, yeah. so 2017, we had a record uh, when it came to homicides and uh, six months in, we were already 33 percent more homicides than we had in 2000. And, uh, it got uh, that high. 33. Wow. Absolutely. And we began to make some changes within the department. Um, uh, 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 putting some uh, what I believe the right right, right individuals in place uh, mm -hmm. to do some things a little different. And mm -hmm. what happened is we had the safest summer that we had in probably a decade. Uh, so from uh, when we looked at July 1st, we had around a 33% increase. Right. And then we came in August and September and those months, which are usually high because it's the summertime, kids right. are out of school. Right. We had a negative increase, uh, a decrease in homicides right. by around 10, 11% by September 1st. What do you attribute that to? I, I attribute that to our uh, focus effort on a few individuals that mm -hmm. we believe uh, were, were behind some of the uh, the shooting incidents that were right. happening yeah. uh, in, in the city of Baton Rouge. Um, uh, I contribute that to some of our efforts uh, in our partnership with Truce mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in helping and in, 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 in talking to those individuals who we believe uh, may be involved in violent crime and giving them some options. Yeah. And, uh, 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 taking uh, uh, what we call a uh, uh, intervention efforts uh, yeah. with meeting with fan family members, uh, uh, concerned loved ones on some individuals who we believe are involved in violence. And we think that uh, those efforts uh, uh, helped in the summer, mm -hmm. as well as some of the coordinated efforts that we had going on across the city, yeah. uh, making sure that our youth were as busy as, as they can be. <laughs> right. Well, that's always a positive thing, yeah. and especially in the inner city, is that there's not a whole lot for those kids, specifically the young men, to do yeah. during the summer months and the downtime. And so, you know, idle hands, you know? Exactly. And so that you guys did a lot of programs with kids, uh, yeah. basketball, I think, we, with Truce, y'all did some things. with the with, badge. That's right, uh, that's boxing right. Boxing with the badge, right, right. kicking with the badge, bingo with the badge. <laughs> uh, uh, so many uh, events, some you were uh, a yep. part of as yep. well with yep. our canvases yep. with Truce. Yep. Uh, I know we just had one the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, but so many events that that are going on, and if you if you looked and there was an event, you saw a Baton Rouge police officer. Yeah. Uh, we were everywhere, and and that was intentional. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we had our conversations with the cop every uh, every uh, a month. Uh, we're at a different location uh, throughout coffee the city. Coffee with the cops, huh? Well, is it conversation or it's, coffee? It's conversation. You okay. know, we, we we do the coffee with the cop, but we didn't want to make it all about coffee because I learned everybody don't <laughs> Does, drink yeah, coffee. Yeah, that's true. Right? I don't know how, but exactly. yeah, that's true. So we wanted to just make it conversations with the cop. That way, we're not restricted to. Yeah. Uh, 
to coffee and we can go just about anywhere and have a conversation. Right. So uh, we've done that. And and uh, look, our, our police officers have been out there, uh, uh, you know, doing their part. And, and as a result of that, in 2018, uh, we saw reductions in every category just mm-hmm. about when it comes to uh, a crime in our city. Uh, violent crime decreased by almost 12 percent in 2018 as, a past, uh, as compared to 2017, uh, almost 11 percent reduction in homicides, um, uh, reductions in uh, uh, rape, uh, reductions in robberies, uh, reductions in aggravated assaults, mm-hmm. uh, even when you look at property crime. And all of this will be published uh, in our uh, is actually pub- published in our uniform crime report, which okay. we uh, submit to the uh, the FBI uh, every year. Uh, and CADS data is down. So there's two different things, right? There's the the, the CADS data when people when someone calls nine one one because of a call, then there's actually the documentation when we translate those complaints into um, 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 uh, criminal terms, right? Okay. When we actually write reports on it, right? Uh, and it's down. So so that's a good thing. Uh, the bad thing is we had a, such a horrible 2017. So that's what I was going to ask yeah. you. You yeah. know, last year was noticeably better as the year went on, and and we talked about this last year. Mm-hmm. The year started off with a pretty scary pace. I mean, it looked like we were going to overshoot what we did, pardon the pun, in, yep. in 2017. So do you see last year's numbers being a reflection of positive work, which there was, holding the numbers down? Or is it also, uh, is and is it a combination of that and, well, hell, 2017 was so out of the box yep. That there was nowhere but to go, but down. I mean, where do you see it? It, it, Well, you know, I'm not proud of the numbers, obviously, because to me, violent crime in the city is still, uh, uh, it's just too much. It's bad, and and we can do better. But I look at it as progress. Right. Um, Clearance rate. You know, Mm -hmm. when I looked at our clearance rate on homicides, that doesn't happen without the community coming forward and, and, and helping us. So I look at it as as progress. I like to see the the, the, the cup half full. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think I do believe it's because of some of the work that we've done uh, right. uh, throughout the year and and in in the comments that I get from the community which when are I'm what? out there, which are we are uh, we like what you're doing, uh, uh, Chief. We love uh, and support our police officers. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens sometimes. You know, in this social media age, right, <laughs> where information uh, is just out there, uh, sometimes there are voices, a, f- a few voices that uh, I believe send a message and, and we think that that's what the masses believe. Right. Right. Well, uh, that's not that's not the case. I hear everywhere I go in every community. Areas that are dis uh, disinvested communities. Uh, when I talk to business uh, leaders, uh, when I'm downtown in every district, when I run across somebody, they all have positive comments about our police officers. This yeah. community loves the Baton Rouge Police Department, <clears throat> and I can I can echo that because when we do these canvases, yeah. we're not doing these canvases in the in the country club or mm-hmm. in the you know in the more affluent parts of town. We go into parts of Baton Rouge where people are having it a little bit harder, and yeah. those areas are areas where people generally have more interaction with law enforcement yeah. because of crime, and we always see positive you know response from them. Now, granted, the people who are doing the most damage and causing trouble. 
when they see those blue lights, they get the hell out of Dodge anyway. So we don't really encounter them. Yes, sir. We encounter the people who live there every day and they say they're happy to see us. You know, we talked about this last year when you came in about the rapport that you wanted to build between the department and the community. Yes, sir. And you talked a lot about that. So trust is a major factor. I said this to you when we were on when you were on the podcast first time. One of the things that, that kind of stopped people from speaking up was is they were worried that if they spoke up, they would be the victim of retaliation. Mm-hmm. How have you addressed that? Well, you know, when, when I'm around and I try to be very, uh, you know, when I'm meeting with the community, I, I talk about the great work that we're doing as a police department right. um, to break down those barriers, right? to be more accountable, uh, transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, but also there's a responsibility that the community has. Yep. You know, it's unfortunate that when I, you know, I grew up in New Orleans. Uh, I've been oh, in we law can't tell by the accent <laughs> for many, many, you know, 20, 27 years. And, you know, I, I've worked just about everywhere in, in, in the state, uh, it, you know, in my uh, LSP, my state police career. But when I go around the country and I talk to leaders, we all have the same issues. Right. We all have uh, from from uh, from Baltimore to New York to New Orleans to uh uh, uh, Los Angeles and, and, and Chicago, Houston, there is parts of our community all over uh, uh, that uh, believe in this stop snitching, right? Yeah. And uh, 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 this fear for, you know, with uh, uh, cooperating with law enforcement. And so what I say is, you know, that motto was made by a criminal, yeah. right? And if we, when you believe that, then it continues to 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 drive some of this violent crime mm-hmm. because the person who's doing it, who continues his felonious activity, he loves that model, right? right? But it's self-serving if, for him, exactly. Yeah. What if what if it's your family member? Next? Right. What is what if right. it's your loved one? So as a community, we cannot believe in a lie that was made by a criminal, right? So we talk about their responsibility to step up. Mm-hmm. When they say there's a fear, then we say that we have crime stoppers. Where you can remain anonymous. Right. So there are, if you don't want to call law enforcement, you can call your pastor. You can call one of your community leaders. Get us that information because mm-hmm. the more information we have about those small group, that's those small uh, bad actors that are mm-hmm. out there involved in a crime in our communities, the more intelligence and information that we get from good, concerned citizens to let us know, then the better our chances are. Uh, putting those individuals behind bars and stopping that uh, that violent activity. You know, the perception of crime is is often overplayed because of the the nature of media now. Yeah. You know, when I, I don't really watch the ten o'clock news anymore. I used to do that, but now it, it's a police blotter. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think there is an attitude in media that you have to it, the whole if it bleeds, it leads, and you have to overdo that. And so the perception is in this town that even though last year was markedly better than the year before. And this year has not started off as bad as last year started off. Right. But the perception is it's so out of control here that this is the most unsafe town in the South. And I'm sure you hear it when you go to community events. People talk to you, and it's almost like, what town are y'all living in? Exactly. So yeah. so what about that? Well, you know, and I learned re- perception is reality. Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, Regardless if it's based on facts or not, it's 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 the world we, we live in now. And, and social media drives that. And we have a lot of people uh, uh, who, who have um, uh, platforms on social media, just like you have mm-hmm. it on, on, on your podcast. And, and, and with that comes weight, right? With that comes influence. Mm-hmm. 
And when you say something, responsibility absolutely. Too. When you say something, it, you know, people believe it. It's mm-hmm. no different if somebody reads something on right. television or. Sure. And I think what we have today is there's a lot of what I refer to as irresponsible journalism. And people don't always take the time to go research themselves to see if something is factual or not. Right. Uh, and they run with it. So what we have to do is we have to do a better job of telling our own story. That's mm-hmm. that's one of the things I failed at last year. Or one of the things I could have done better. You as think? A, I do. I do. I do. I think um, uh, from the social media side of things. Because that's uh, where the public is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and we are, uh, in fact, we're meeting with um, um, uh, IECP uh, and some others to, to see uh, how they can help us uh, yeah. developing a, a, a long-term strategy to address the uh, uh, social media and uh, uh, communication during crisis incidents. Uh, and um, yeah, we, we can do better on that. Uh, so, but we have to be, you know, realistic in today's terms that I can only control that so much. Sure. We only have two PIOs, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Gino and Don. Don, yeah. And, and when you look at agencies outside who have got out in front of this social media uh, phenomenon, right? That's going on, uh, and it, it is that. Yeah, it it uh, they, they got our front. They got they got they have departments that have an entire social media section. Yeah, uh, like in Miami, uh, I recently learned. So we we are. It's a challenge when I have eighty vacancies. Okay, and like, where do you move uh, these guys? Because right now our priority is uniform patrol. Sure. Those police officers who are responding to calls for services. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so it's going to take a little time. You know, we got an academy that just started. Yeah, <clears throat> I want to get to that because I, I was telling you when you came in, I saw a video of you addressing yep. them. I don't know if that was the first time they got to hear from you. Yes. Oh, so we'll yes. get to that. I want to I want to kind of stay on the whole perception yep. uh, reality that's out there. If let's talk specifically about shopping and going about your business in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. What would you say to people? who pick up the newspaper and they they hear about a 19-year-old being left on the in a ditch somewhere or people shooting up cars and cuz you know that stuff leads yeah. to the news no matter what Absolutely. else is going on. Absolutely. You know, what do you say to people who look at that and have concerns? And I'm not talking about people who are so dug in that they're beyond yeah. reason. It's people who believe it's that bad because that's what they see from their news sources. Right. You know, and, and it is. Let me make sure I'm good. The, 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 the violent crime, the culture of crime in the, in the city of Baton It is Ridge, out of control, but it it's is. out of control everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the numbers are down. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, burglaries are down by 17%. Uh, larcenies are down uh, a little over 2%. Um, motor vehicle thefts are down by uh, uh, over 4%. Uh, arsons are down by almost 8%. So crime is down in every category. And we are working and we are very optimistic that this year we're going to even see greater numbers and decreases because we are taking a more uh, uh, um, uh, kind of smart policing. Mm -hmm. We're looking at how we address the crime a little different where we are directing resources uh, where they need to be. Um, So now what do you base that on when you say you believe that crime is going to be down for the second straight year? Why do you believe that? Well, the, the numbers right now. I mean, if you look at uh, uh, January's numbers, yeah. uh, February's numbers, March numbers, it's down. Uh, uh, violent crime is so. So we're hoping that that will be a trend. You know, some of the things that we're we're using technology mm-hmm. to help us in our patrol efforts. You know, part of our Peace Cop, our uh, public safety uh, cops, a platform which we worked in partnership with. Uh, 
information services out of the mayor's office who help us uh, look at GIS mapping and location uh, uh, information and its relationship to crime. For example, blighted property. Yep. Um, we look at uh, repeat addresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those things where we can say, what's going on? We're looking at the data and then we're pushing that information out to our commanders as part of our risk based policing model model explain that to people yeah so basically what it is is all of the data that that we have we we gather every day that's from cad's data call for service data and we look at that and we look for patterns uh we look for uh, things that we can do proactively Mm -hmm. to prevent the next crime from happening uh one thing that comes to mind is we received information from uh, a local business and one of our uniform commanders decided to get out up front uh, based on that and issued a directive to patrol in a certain uh, area of mm-hmm. a business based on this pattern that we were seeing uh to to help catch what we believe was a a, a group of uh, uh uh, shoplifters uh, who were targeting specific businesses mm-hmm. uh, because of their policy not to engage. Okay. Ah. Oh, okay. And, and because of those efforts, we believe we were able to uh, have an impact. In fact, we even took a couple in custody. Um, but it's little things like that, like looking at the data, what's going here, looking at times, patterns, vehicle descriptions. That's why. Uh, we're going before the city council to ask for five analyst positions. Uh, that's one of the things I believe we're lacking in. Yeah. You know, Louisiana State University probably have an analyst for every team they play against. No question. In football. No, fa- no uh, question. So, in fact, I know that to be true. Yes. I know for a fact that for two years out, I think it's about two years out, Nick Saban has someone assigned to everyone on their schedule, and that person yes. goes to Every football game that team yes. plays. So, it, which is one of the crazy reasons why the dude is so dominant, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, I just sir. wish he could have a couple of off days a year, like when he comes here or when the team goes to Tuscaloosa. You you, you referenced hiring analysts yeah. for your Real Crime Stats Center. That real-time uh, uh, And so that is, I got a chance to see the space and the, the, the skeleton was being put yeah. together. I don't know how yeah. far along it is now. Uh, are you talking how much are you how much information are you giving to the public about it? Yeah. So we are in the process of and I'm a little late our annual report. In okay. Fact, we took pictures yesterday. <laughs> so we're putting together our annual report. I was waiting for the, all of the numbers to come in because I wanted to make sure that the numbers were accurate and we're putting that out. Uh, we're going to be pushing that out to the community. Okay. Uh, through the, through our website, uh, through through our social media. Uh, and we're also going to have some hard copies to push out there to talk about all the great work that we did last year and mm-hmm. where we're going in 2019 because technology plays a a big part in that. Well, that's it. But the, the facility is yep. going to be state of the art. Yes, sir. Uh, and and we can, tell tell people what it's going to do. Yes. So, and I don't know how much of that yeah. you want to give away. No, no, but, we can give it all okay, away. Okay. I mean, it's something we're excited about. Okay. You know, this isn't just unique to, to. So let me let me clarify. It's not the Baton Rouge Police Department Real Time Crime Center. Sure. It is the East, East Baton, Baton Rouge, Rouge Parish. Parish. Right. Real It'll be housed at the city at, police headquarters. That is correct. We're yeah. just housing it, but we are working in partnership with the sheriff's office. Right. Um, uh, and the sheriff's office, uh, I tell you, the sheriff is doing great work with technology, 
uh, with building out uh, 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 his um, uh, records management mm-hmm. system and some new technology you probably heard about, the Gizmo, which yeah. is a, a yeah. portable, um, uh, uh, it, it puts a, a mobile Who put that name on the thing? I don't know Was that him with that name. I need to talk to him. Was that, <laughs> that him That does sound like a Sid name. That, 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 I just what like Gizmo. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Did he just watch Gremlins the night before that and come yes. up? But anyway, we'll, get, we'll catch so, you when we see you, Sid. It was important for us. And, you know, we actually housed it right next to uh, uh, our crime strategy unit, which okay. is actually led by the district attorney's office, yep. where we already have analysts that are doing great work. So those five analysts, which will, which will I envision being assigned to each district. Yeah. So each district will have their own analysts analyzing crime in their respective area of responsibility and then coordinating that data and pushing information out to those uh, uh, boots on the ground mm-hmm. uh, to, to be more proactive in how we uh, address crime. We're doing S- it. Speak to how having that and someone being responsible t- uh, for that information speeds up the response time and yes. also provides almost in real time the most accurate information. So, so I'll give you a, a quick example of what we're doing right now. I, I think when I looked at um, uh, around 16% uh, in one of the districts uh, was our calls for services were alarms. Okay. 16%. Right? That, I mean, we're dispatching somebody to go to an alarm. Mm-hmm. So what I challenged them with was, look, I want to get that down by 15, 20, maybe 25%. Let's see what we can do. Uh, and part of it, what I asked uh, the guys to look at it is a responsible business program, right? So, you know, some of these uh, repeat alarms, mm-hmm. uh, companies and businesses, they may not necessarily be aware of the impact that it has on public safety every time we continue to come to this house mm-hmm. or to this business. Right. So what we do is we, we're engaging them right now. So we're going to be engaging uh, those repeat addresses and going to say, hey, here's what uh, uh, every time we come to this particular address, it takes us away from doing something uh, proactive or addressing right. what we believe the real uh, uh, drivers of crime in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's engage them in, in the process and see how they can help us get those calls for services down. Uh, I've challenged the guys with that. I know they're doing it. And the reason I know it, because I can go online uh, to, to our, our database and I can see right. usage and I just see these uh, uh, our alarm division and our commanders just looking at all of this data. And mm-hmm. I'm just excited about uh, uh, the numbers that they're going to bring back. So the difference, though, we're going to have analysts doing that. Mm-hmm. OK, so they don't have to do it. We'll have analysts uh, doing that analytical exploitation with all of that data and pushing that information out real time. Will it be through dispatch or some kind of uh, text? Or when you're giving them the information and you're, you're giving a profile of maybe history on an address yeah. and what kind of crime that they've dealt with, say, in, in, at a residential, I mean, how, that, how is that communication? So, so once the... So down the line, where we're going, once the once the uh, the real-time crime center is there, the, the real-time crime center will have access to uh, n- not only uh, uh, CADS data, which okay. would be the 911 data. Right. Uh, uh, they will have access to our report uh, writing system, okay. our, our records management system. They will have uh, uh, access to uh, crime cameras, uh, not just crime cameras, but a license plate reader uh, mm-hmm. uh, technology as well as an integration with our state police fusion center. Right. So what you have is you have an analyst there real time that's looking at calls for services, right? Right now we're around five minutes. We want to get those numbers down. But in that five minutes, we believe that there is information that we can push out to that police officer who's responding to that call for service that can allow him to make a better informed decision. For example, maybe we've been there before. Maybe it's a a call 
of an emotionally disturbed person. Mm -hmm. And we know through prior visits that he wasn't on his medication. Maybe we know that he has an aunt named Mary who just happens to be the person who can calm him down every time. Mm -hmm. So it's having all of that information and wow. being more proactive. So if we look at that data and we know we've been there maybe four or five times and as a pattern, maybe we can do something different okay. and maybe call a knock or call a relative and make sure he's on his medication so we don't get that next call. I have to imagine technology mm -hmm. and what you do every day. It, it, it can only improve your ability and, and, and your department's ability to do its job, but also the public's understanding of how that relationship works. Is that fair? Yes. And, yes. and so that's amazing. And, and like I said, I saw the, the space where it's going to be housed. Yep. You referenced earlier that this is going to be an East Baton Rouge Parish tool for law enforcement here, and it's being housed at, 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 uh, at your headquarters. Yes. Talk about the working relationship between the Baton Rouge City Police Department and the Sheriff's Office. So I think we got something unique here. You know, um, I've been blessed I, I've, you know, to be in this position, but I had a relationship with Sid mm -hmm. before I became the Chief of Police. Um, because of your time at state police. That is correct, yeah. because of state police. And and I think we have something unique. There's no egos in terms of who cares who gets credit for something. It's just about making a difference. Mm -hmm. we can, we're concerned about public safety yeah. uh, uh, for, the, for the residents of this parish. But when I go around and I look at relationships in other places, and I'm not going to say no names or no agencies, and we're going to say nationally, yeah. on a national level, even in Louisiana. I think we have a very, very unique relationship, um, both he and I and and, 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 the, and, DA. and the DA and, sure. and Hiller. And um, I assure you that that type of relationship doesn't exist in a lot of places. It doesn't. I mean, you you yeah. see turf wars between yeah. those agencies all the time. And, you know, the, the working relationship between the DA, the chief yeah. of police, the sheriff, it's fluid. And you guys are often together at, at yes. events talking like with the call ins we do. With yep. truce, and you guys have a unified front of talking to these young men, trying to get them to choose a better way. And that's something I'm going to get to in a second. You have been in the job now going on two years. Almost, right? Now, a year, one year and three months, gone on uh, one year uh, 15 and months. That's right? all it's been? Yeah, yeah, January, February, March, yeah, yeah. 12, wow, I thought it's months. been longer than that. Feels like feels it. like the longest fifty <laughs> years of your life. This last uh, thirteen months. That must mean I'm having a, a good time, right? The time. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, so, so uh, it, since you've been there, and you know, there's been conversation about changes that you've made. We talked about it on the last show that you were you were on with me the first time you were here. Just the way you were going about kind of shaping what you want from the department in your image of, of what it ought to be. And we talked about morale. Mm -hmm. How is that now? And are you still, because I know that you engage yeah. your districts across the city. How is that now? Because we, we talked candidly that that's, there were some people who just weren't ready for things to change and there were some divisions. How is that now? We still have a lot of work to do. Okay. I, I just looked at a survey uh, uh, that, I was, that was done. In fact, uh, as, as you and I speak, um, Collective Healing, which mm -hmm. is a grant that we received, <clears throat> are, are interviewing our officers. Uh, they've been doing it for the past week. So, okay. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. I think, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> I think that we still have a cloud over this city, and that is as a result of of sixteen or that the aftermath correct. of sixteen. I think both. Look, I, I believe that. Um, uh, look, the, the, we know there's an appeal coming up. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I fired a, an officer. Uh, there's some officers on the department 
who may not have agreed with with my decision. Um, and look, I came in from the outside. You know, my, my job was to come in and I knew I had to earn their trust sure. uh, coming from an outsider. And, and, and I'm still I'm, I'm still moving forward with that. And I want to earn their trust. Some I have uh, some I have not. And, and we're still working, but I, I will never stop trying. I will never stop trying. Uh, but when I look at this survey, it tells me I have to do a better job, a better job of convincing my police officers that I am the guy to take them where we need to go. OK, how do you do that? Um, you know, I, I have to, you know, looking back on, uh, you know, 2000, I'm very self-critical sure. of, of myself. And, and I think that um, I think I would probably give myself a pretty good grade on external community relations, mm -hmm. uh, you know, making those uh, building those relationships with the community, getting out there, talking to the faith based community, uh, engaging uh, leaders. Um, I could have did a little better job internally. Uh, with the communication and my staff and I have talked about that um, and actually we started some different things this week uh, to let our officers know uh, uh, communication uh, uh, we, we've had some some struggles with that in terms what, of what do you mean uh, dialoguing between yourself or and, and information of... being filtered right okay. from 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 what we're saying into the boots on the ground sure. receiving that message so, so how do we make sure that those messages are not being uh, filtered uh, yeah. for whatever reason? Um, and, and we're looking at things uh, uh, to do that. Uh, that, that was, uh, I'm very, uh, I took that to heart and, and I'm gonna be working on that, but there are improvements. Sure. You know, there, there are a lot of improvements and I hear it uh, from the men and women. And, and I realize I gotta get out a little more uh, talking to our officers directly face to face uh, and, and having these conversations because a lot of the changes that I made since I've been in this position came from the boots on the ground. It came from uh, recommendations that from I heard. Them. Absolutely. Is that widely known <clears throat> across the department that that's the you know, case? And that's what that I assume is widely known, but I'm learning that, that it, it is may not be. Exactly. And that's what I have to do. A and you have job. nearly 700 police yeah. officers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And 700 individual lives and priorities. And, positions. Total. Right. And so yeah. people don't yeah. often because they work together, even talk about what's happening in their own building. Right. Yes, sir. You know, you've had two high profile terminations. One, the, the ink was still drying yeah. on on things in your office. Yes, sir. And you know, the one in 16 and then the one last year. Because of the high and heightened nature of that, because how the media drills down on anything with law enforcement and mm -hmm. all the inner workings of it now, kind of talk through the impact that that has on the public's perception of why you make a decision and how that process works, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, what was, let me see, since I've been here, I think I've had three terminations. But two have been really, two have been, two well, have obviously been. the, the, the one with, with Blaine Salamone was fresh out of the shoot. And then last year with uh, Hamaday. That's correct. Yeah. And it was a female that, you, that, that, uh, that, that we terminated uh, as well. There was a young female uh, that we terminated as well. And so when, when it's high profile like that, and I know that you have an understanding of, of relationships and, and talking to the public yeah. from something you've done in a previous life, but that has to play a role and how this is going to be rolled out because you know that there's going to be scrutiny of the decision no matter what. 
Yeah, in every decision, you know, we have to look at on an individual basis, right? There's a process, and I talk about processes. Trust the process. Mm -hmm. Trust the process. Um, because there are their internal issues, right? How do my police officers, how are they going to look at the decision that I made? And then their external, right, factors. Um, what, what, what I try to do in these situations um I communicate, I, you know, I don't have a problem with articulating or explaining my decision on anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to empower people when I tell them, you know, look, you have the power to, you feel safe, right? You're safe. The environment is safe to tell me how you feel to make recommendations. Um, sometimes I, I think I take for granted the, 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 the authority probably that comes with that position where I say it, but then people are not always open to say, well, hey, chief, I think you got this wrong. Or, hey, chief, you might want to suggest this. So Just because you're the person in charge. Yeah, you know, and I think there's a culture issue there where yeah. everybody isn't comfortable with coming and telling yeah. because we are a, uh, uh, there's rank, and, mm -hmm. and, and guys like to go through their mm -hmm. rank and not just come and talk to right. the chief. Uh, so we try to, try to do that. Uh, I think that, when, when you look at uh, a processes that, that, that and they're not just unique to this police department, they are to every police department. And in some cases, there are things that we may not always communicate mm -hmm. because there are appeals and we don't always want to. Because of the process. The process. Yeah. So I'm not able to communicate. And you can't even really exactly. address those things, especially when it's still in the process. When that process is yeah. going on. Yeah. And because think, one of them is actually, or, or, or both of them still going on now. No, no, no. One has been resolved. One's we, been resolved and, and one is, so yeah, once, yeah. so you can't even engage on it because you're Correct. not allowed to. Correct. Well, it's not a good strategy yeah. because there, there's, there's, a, there's a process in place and, and we're going to address it in that, that format. In, in, in the appeal, what we go. Do you have and, and you? So you're saying you do have that open door policy with your men and women oh, about oh, across the board, but you're saying you have to communicate better to them. That, that is safe that, to that's do. That's a so. thing, yeah. And you know, I I had a young man came in my office uh, a week ago and on a decision that I made, and he expressed that he disagreed with it, and I listened to him, and. I, to me, it was very positive, and and it, and it wasn't an issue that I was set on. I mm -hmm. listened to the recommendation of my deputy chiefs. I have, you know, a three uh, a highly qualified deputy chiefs, and and it's not a decision I make without consulting them. But I respect them and and and, and their uh, experience they bring to the table. So any decision I make mm -hmm. is is heavily influenced by the recommendations they make to me. Sure, uh, and it's and it's really an issue that. I'm not really that, you know, it's not really a, a, a big issue for me, but it is for, probably more for them than it is to me. But this young man came and he articulated his position to a way where I was like, wow, I kind of see it in a different way, you know? So, so what I challenged him to do, because it is a, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it involves grooming. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what it is. What happens is last year I, uh, I created, uh, and I got this from 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 the sheriff's office in Ascension Parish. They called Jeff me. Jeff Wiley. Wanted, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, a no-shave November, I believe is what it was. And they recommended that we participate, and we did. So we allowed our police officers to go unshaven, uh, but but they had to keep their beard at a certain, yeah. uh, you know, a professional level. Right. And it went pretty good. And we raised a lot of money for a great cause. And then we did it again in December. 
and we raised a lot of money for a great cause. Uh-oh. And then January, we're like, okay, let's get back to our standards. Uh, now, other agencies didn't participate, okay? So I'm blaming Jeff Wiley for this, okay? This is the Ascension Sheriff's Office has created turmoil in my department, right? Because now- Hey, everybody- man, you're pretty close to Wiley's territory where we're sitting right now. You better be nice. Well, he's not the sheriff no more, so I can talk about him. Hey, but the new sheriff doing a listen, great job. That's right. Let me just say that. No, new- no. He still holds sway over there. Yeah. That was nice, though, man. Yeah, that- the new sheriff. A little drive-by it. compliment, all right? <laughs> Well, you know, and what I told a young man, I said, look, this issue is, is, is it's, 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 uh, it's an issue of law enforcement grooming standards. Yeah. This is what it is. And, um, but perhaps our uh, position on it is based on our 30 years of life experience and in the law way that it's been. But we maybe we never took into consideration how this new generation looks at it. Mm. Right? It's like the whole tattoo thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so 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 do a little research on it and i'm not saying i'm going to agree with you but i will listen sure and i asked him to put that together and he's going to present it to my command staff and we're going to talk about wow. it that doesn't mean i'm going to change my <laughs> mind but i will listen to that young man but with that said i have had a few uh police officers who've uh, uh um, exercised that uh that right to come mm-hmm. in and talk to the chief who have changed my mind on an issue uh, one involved uh an issue uh, involving one of our police officers that believe we got it wrong and it had to do with a compensation issue. Sure. I listened to the argument uh, and in this particular case, I I made a decision to override a decision that was made by a commander Mm -hmm. because she, that officer, was able to communicate their position in a way where I understood. Mm Uh, and putting myself in that officer's shoes, I, sure. I, I lean uh, to make a decision that I thought was uh, was the right decision in this particular case. You just had a new group of <clears throat> new officers come. Uh, you know, they're beginning the process in the academy, and I saw the video of you talking with them. Yeah. So, you know, that's interesting. Just kind of talk about this class coming in, what your expectations are. And generally, this is the second class to come in under your command. That's correct. So, kind of talk about your expectations. Well, the other one had already started. Right. The, the, okay. The, 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 um, uh, the decision had already been made. They'd already been selected. Mm-hmm. So, expectations. Look, I want all thirty-two of them to graduate, right? Because we need the help, right? right. Uh, we hired them, so that leaves us around fifty-two vacancies mm-hmm. now because we got the thirty-two in, in the hat. Um, you know, statistically speaking, we're going to lose a few, but I want to. I, I hope that each one of the young men and women who are in that academy can prove us wrong. Um, but you know, I had the opportunity to sit there and look at them and listen to them, and you see this this kind of fear in their eyes because they're going at them hard. You know, we are. Uh, you know, we got a great training staff, um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited about the future when it comes to, you know, those young, because look, they're the future, you know, they're the, 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 the younger they are and they come, they're going to be here longer. Um, they want to be here uh, and it's the, in, in the department. Uh, the men and women on the streets need them because right. we got too many vacancies. Right. So I think everybody's champion for all 32 of sure. them, right? The community, the police officers. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I, 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 I don't think we're going to lose as many. It looked like a pretty diverse yeah. group, too. Very diverse. You know, what, what people don't realize, we are under a consent decree, and mm-hmm. we've been under a consent decree for far too long. Yeah. Uh, and we want to get from under that consent sure. decree. Um, 
And and I think when you look at the numbers and when you look at um, uh, what we've been doing as an agency and, and some of that work happened before I got here. Mm-hmm. OK, um, I think that we can present a, a good argument uh, to, to the police, to, to the, the federal government mm-hmm. that we can get that we can be released uh, from this consent decree uh, because we've shown a, a, a pattern over the past year or so yeah. that we are moving uh, in a direction where uh, everything that is highlighted in that consent decree, I, I think we've addressed those issues. You know, moving forward, one thing you've talked about is has been pay. And I think everybody here realizes that our our police department is underpaid. Yeah. And the discussion is, how do you address that? And that is something I kind of want to talk with yeah. you about. Like, w- this is a new year. We are almost three months completely into it. What's your plan? So we, we, we set out to do a study. That study was there. We actually pushed the draft out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final report isn't there because... There was something there was an issue related to retirement and okay. how uh, uh, those numbers were calculated. Yeah. Uh, I had an opportunity to talk to uh, Dow uh, at the mayor's yeah. office Gissel, uh, yesterday, uh, day before he's out of town yeah. and uh, about that. And, you know, I, I need that report. We yeah. want it. We, we far too, 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 too long with Are that. Are you confident that you're going to be able to get this done? I, am, I think the people want it. I do. I believe it's just about where we're going to find those dollars. Sure. I mean, sure. that's really the challenge. Um, my position on that is I believe that if we were to go that route, that mm-hmm. the people of this community will support it. I, I agree. I was, you know, last year when the, the Move BR item was on the ballot yes. and people talked about it and there was discussion about it back yeah. and forth. And I remember talking with people saying that I thought it had a better than 50-50 chance of passing. Yeah. And the reason was you didn't have to spend a lot of time explaining why the situation needed improvement. Right. It's bad. Traffic flow is bad. There's yeah. there's so many things to, ha- to have to do that all you need to do is work here and you yeah. realize, okay, we got to do something. What the hell do we have to lose? Right. In this regard, it's not that difficult to understand. It's just like teachers. You can't underpay people and keep mm-hmm. them here. And so... I think the public will be supportive of it. It'll it'll depend on what else is going on and engagement because you know, depending on yeah. when elections fall, if there's an away game somewhere, mm-hmm. man, you might lose some people because yeah. of that. But I think <laughs> it's it's more often going to be positive. I want to end with something that we kind of referenced earlier, and that is being in the community and the impact that you are trying to personally have, and that you want your department to have on some of our younger people here who just don't seem to have any real direction. And when we were kids, maybe that was the case, but you always had people around you who were telling you you're going to do something positive, and that's just it. Yeah. So what about that? Well, I think, look, we got to be, it starts at home. Yeah. You know, when we look at, you know, a, a lot of the issues that we're having in society today, not just here in Baton Rouge, it, 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 it starts at home. And I think we've seen a depreciation in family values. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years, uh, we know drugs play a part in that. Uh, crime is a socioeconomic issue. Yep. You know, oftentimes law enforcement gets the blame. You know, that's why uh, my, the, the average chief of police job for a metropolitan city like Baton Rouge is three years. Mm-hmm. That's the average. Uh, so it's because, you know, I, I always have one bad decision away from maybe things may not look so good, right? 
Um, but no, I think the public likes to blame law enforcement when there's increases in crime. I mean, we've, we've been the face and we've accepted that responsibility yeah. historically. We've we've done that. But we have to continue to to push programs involving our youth, because I, I think that, that when we reach our young audience and um, uh, the, the, the future and, and we engage in programs, when we recognize that there are youth out there who don't have the positive role Man, model. What kind like of vibrating you, pattern is that the, on that? The, the, Mac. That's Magana. That's who that is. <laughs> he had to find a way to bomb the podcast, man, to get into there. You know, that's. He, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. But no, you know, with the youth, I, I think as long as we continue to engage the youth with a lot of the programs, we we look at the work that that they're doing at Metromorphosis, yeah. at uh, Urban Congress, uh, uh, some of the work one hundred black men and their respecting authority, where they teach young men how to respect authority and their uh, uh, passion and. And, and making sure that we are held accountable as law enforcement agencies yeah. and understand that respect goes both ways. Uh, we are supposed to respect the, the, the people that we serve yep. and the people that we serve are yep. res- should respect us as as law enforcement officers as well. So when we see all of this time, type of work that's going on in the community, uh, NAACP is also involved in that uh, collective healing initiative. So is Southern University, Louisiana State University. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to see a long-term impact. Mm-hmm. We don't see it now, but I do. I really believe. Look, I talk about the three T's. When people say, is the department moving at the pace you want? Nah, it's not. I, w- I wish we could move a little faster, but I'm reminded of the three T's. Things take time. Mm-hmm. When people say, what are you going to do with this culture of violence in Baton Rouge? Is it moving at a pace that you would like? No, I would like it to be a lot faster but things take time and culture is hard to change. It's hard to change. See, it doesn't I can, change overnight. It, it can't change back overnight. Absolutely. Yeah. But what we do is I think it's about attitudes, right? Yeah. Attitudes yeah. and attitudes are hard to change, but we can change behavior. Mm-hmm. I can change behavior through policies, right? Mm-hmm. I can change behavior through accountability. Right. And the same with the community outside. And yeah. when we begin to change behaviors on the external and internal, then you know what? Attitudes will soon follow. Man, uh, this was good. And, and, you know, before we get to the summer months, which is seems close, <laughs> pretty close, I do kind of want to talk about what's yeah. on deck for the summer months because yeah. everything tra- transitions again. Because, like you referenced earlier, these a lot of the kids are out of school yeah. and looking for things to do. To do, but the the truth is, there's a lot more happening during the summer with what yeah. Truce and the department are doing than, than maybe have happened before. Just because you have to be out there now. Well, absolutely. And you know, the mayor's initiative to hire youth. Any youth want a job? Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we did a great job. You know, yep. people, when you look at the mayor's efforts uh, and the city's efforts last year in pushing that, uh, you know, uh, through, uh, I believe it was Employed PR to, to hire our youth and all of the programs that you just talked about with Truce and others, I think it helped. Look, we had one of the safest summers. Like, I pray if we can have a summer uh, this year like we had in 2017, right. I mean, in 2018, and yeah, I mean, 2018, we probably had over 30 uh, homicides. I know we had 25 just in July and August. Yeah. July and August. Uh, that's in 2017. 2017. Yeah. Not 2018. Yeah. 2018 uh, was the safest uh, two months in over a decade. So if we can recognize that and do the same thing we did last year, then I think that would be progress. And I think a lot of that came from just engagement, making yep. sure 
that these youth were, were 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 busy doing something. Right? And that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, something lots positive. of people who have the wherewithal and the and the disposable income can put their kids in summer camps yeah. or athletic camps or some kind of academic program for people in poor communities. Yeah. Money's not there to do that. I sit yeah. on the board of one of the Y's here in town, and we scholarship a lot of kids yes, to come into the summer camps because they, they couldn't afford it otherwise. So it really does take a village, you know. It does. Police Chief Murphy yeah. Paul. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, let me in on this. I got to say this because let me tell you something that happened, young man. Uh-oh. In January, I gathered, um, there was an article that was written, uh, uh, I believe it was The Advocate, and there were a lot of uh, um, parents and loved ones of homicide victims who were expressing their anger and frustration towards the police department and our um, uh, and not solving the case. I met with them. It was around 40 of them, maybe 42. And uh, it was me and my victim assistance coordinator, and the meeting didn't quite go how I envisioned it, Okay. Uh, they were upset, uh, they were angry, uh, they were disappointed. Mm -hmm. And I think that they were there because they believed that they were gonna get an update from me on the status of the open cases. What stood out to me is I asked how many of you here have we solved your loved one's homicide and it was only two or three that raised their hands. So what I, what I received from that was that most people when we uh, solve their homicides then there's some type of closure because everybody who was there, we had not solved the homicide. And the, the two or three who were there where we did solve it, they both had nonprofits uh, that <clears throat> were directly uh, involved in uh, families against violence. But I listened to them and I heard their frustration, I heard their anger and I heard their pain. And there was a follow-up meeting and I asked them, I said, I need your voice. I need your voice. So I think uh, one of the things you're going to see that I think and I hope and I pray that will be different this year is listening uh, to those family members of victims of violence mm -hmm. that are standing side by side with us that are out there doing PSAs and press conferences. We just did a press conference. You probably saw. Yeah. Yeah. That, a couple of weeks ago. That's correct. Yeah. And I believe they were the last to speak, those family members. Those were the same family members that were expressing their frustration who now understand that our police officers are out there doing everything that they can to solve those crimes. And they're now asking the community to step up because, look, we cannot do this without the community. And when I have those family members that are standing side by side with us who understand that when their voices are being echoed in the community, right. that they're more powerful than mine. Just people know them. powerful than the mayors, that's correct. Yeah. And there's pain yeah. in those voices. I think that's what we're gonna see this year. I do. All right. Keeping you busy. Amen. <laughs> Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. 
Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money? That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. This is The Clay Young Show. Glad to have the chief in studio with us. Good conversation. Are you ready for Smoke em if you got them 2019? I sure am. So, I had a conference call as we record this right now with some of the partners involved with the event. Mark it down. Sunday, May 19th, 2019 at Ben77 Bistro. Giving money to the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation and Special Ops Survivors. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great, great party. Some of the auction items we have coming up for this year's event are, are so cool. Can't wait to start telling you about that. That's coming in the coming weeks. It's really, really nice stuff. The atmosphere is going to be great. So mark it down. Sunday, May 19th, 2019 at Ben 77 in Baton Rouge. Benefiting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation and Special Ops Survivors. We'll get Nick Roca on to talk with us about that. A group of Special Ops guys, Navy SEALs, who support the families of Special Ops personnel lost in the line of duty. It's just, it is a fantastic cause, and I'm looking forward to getting them on. And I want to see you there. Smoke them if you got them. Come on, man. You can go on Facebook and learn about it. Updating our Facebook and social media, really social media platforms with this year's event. I'm really fired up about it. So with that, it's been fun. Special thanks to Chief Paul for being on the show with us and sharing his insight. And uh, we look forward to talking with him more in the future. Next week's guest is U.S. Attorney Brandon Freeman for the Middle District. He's going to be here in studio talking about his time on the job, kind of give you insight into what he does. I'm looking forward to that. He'll be our guest on episode 197 of The Clay Young Show. Y'all have a great one. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.